a playlist original. It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be Betty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I am so glad you're here. Today, we have a super fun, super special episode of RTBB and a bonus one at that. Nick is back, and we are talking all about folklore, Taylor Swift's eighth studio album. Spoiler alert, my favorite one of hers. And it was so much fun to catch up. We talk about the origin of this episode in the beginning, so I won't get into it too much. But if you haven't, this is a look back at our first reactions. We released an episode August 4th, 2020, and Folklore had come out, I believe, July 24th, 2020. So it was our first week and a half hot takes and we had many but I didn't love how I thought of the album so we wanted to do a little bit of a two-year look back so if you want you can pause this episode you can go back to the episode I'm talking about I will put that link in the episode show notes and then you can come back to this one we do make some callback jokes from that episode so I think you you will enjoy it more but it's not necessary listening if you just want some Taylor and Joe gossip and some you know love of the folklore lyrics and musicality (laughs) per se but uh we do make some jokes too like cheese which sounds so fucking random but I promise there uh was a point where we were talking about that in the original episode. So those type of things come up. Anyways, I want to also say that as is all of my episodes with Nick, it is a roller coaster. So as he said and says in the episode, buckle up. There's turbulence ahead. If you are not super into that, we do jump around a little bit. Um, just, you know, take, take, take this episode with an open mind. It's super fun. And there are nuggets of wisdom and brilliance in our, um, goofy ramblings. I also do go on a Kaler conspiracy tangent for this basically entire podcast. If you don't know what the portmanteau Kaler is, it's the mashup of the name's Carly and Taylor and their conspiracyship um, that they dated in the early 2010s. So if you're not super into conspiracy theories and blind items and you take celeb gossip and pop culture at face value, that's totally okay. That was that was me until um, I learned about like beyond the blinds, etc. So that's totally okay. You can take everything I say because it is alleged with a grain of salt and it's just, you know, fun conversations to have. Or you could be a big Gaylor head like me. I will put the, or some resources. (laughs) I feel like I'm at work and I'm resourcing a student (laughs) for like student success. 
you're my pupils. <laughs> I will put some resources in the episode show notes of like timelines and articles and like fun Kaler things. So if you want to get up to date before we launch into the folklore discussion, you can do that as well. I also want to say because I know that Taylor Swift lyric analysis goes really in depth and Swifty culture is strong and I do love that. This is not the most detailed end-all be-all folklore analysis, etc. We do talk a lot about Easter eggs. We talk about the context. We talk about this album amongst other Taylor albums. But again, it's not the end-all be-all. It's just two friends having fun. Um, I do really suggest if you want like a really detailed podcast about Taylor's music, The Ringer did a series called Every, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's called Every Album Ever. I will also link that in the episode show notes, but they did a lot of really, really detailed album analysis, song analysis of all of Taylor's work. And they go on to do One Direction, all the 1D boys solo stuff and Adele as well. So highly recommend that it is with um, a writer from The Ringer and the, I think, former CEO of Ticketmaster. So he also gives some really cool insider um, information about like her tours and stuff like that. Anyways, I think I should leave it at that. We're, we're counting down the minutes and it's already a long episode. Nick introduces himself in this episode. So honestly, let's just leave it at that. Take it away, Nick. Hi, it's Tori from Ready to Be Petty, and today I have a fantastic guest for you today. He's been on the podcast, I think, (laughs) nine times now, and it hasn't even been two full years, but today we're taking it back to the beginning, his first podcast. Oh my god, hashtag back to the beach. We're talking about folklore. Oh my god, okay, that was like killer. Will I leave this in? Only time will tell. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, I've returned. I've I flew across, took a picture with Tori on <laughs> on Tori's bed. Oh my bed. god, yes, that's the pick reveal. <laughs> and now I've flown back and now we're ready to actually podcast. Yes. Okay, so this is so exciting because as Nick mentioned, he has been on this podcast numerous times, but our first episode together we talked about folklore when it came out in July. I think it was like July 24th, 2020. It was late July. I'm surprised it was even the 24th. I would have guessed like closer to like it the It might be the 27th 30th, and this but... episode comes out the 24th. Yeah. I wanted to do it like on its birthday, but it was a Sunday, so Woo! I couldn't. Little insider baseball. But how did this re-listen, re-record happen? Because I was saying how much I hated everything I said on that podcast. Uh, I think you. we wanted to do a reflection now that there's been like, you know post-folklore Taylor where it seems like you know folklore at the time we thought was more of an isolated album during quarantine and it almost seemed to have been like the launch of a new era that we hadn't really known at the time Um, and Tori realized she had some bad takes and wanted to come reestablish those as folklore seemed to gain traction in whatever other whatever online community Tori has been stalking yeah okay the tiktok comments yes okay so nick is in for a wild fucking ride because i'm gonna take him through some gayler conspiracy <laughs> stuff and i can't wait but i don't want to spoil the 
the juicy bits. <laughs> I have listened to this album. I think it is my favorite Taylor Swift album. I have listened to it almost always fully through, but we'll get to that too. <laughs> for two years, like I would say, I listened to the entire album once per week. Well, as I say, at the time that you listened to it, you were like, this is not the album that I wanted. Like, I wanted, like, Smash Summer Happy Pop. Yes. (laughs) And then the winter rolled around and Tori (laughs) said, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm so deeply depressed. And this is actually the perfect thing to listen to. And has been the case for a year and a half since. (laughs) Literally. Um, we joked on the pod that we would be eating cheese in a dark room and doing wellness checks on each other if we ever listened to this album again. And I feel like that's <laughs> happened so often in the last two years. And I've performed nearly zero wellness checks on Tori. <laughs> no, stop. Literally, I'm like, I'm on a folklore walk. You're like, everything good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to do folklore in nature i really set the scene today because i woke up today and i said okay we're recording po- folklore today i need to get outside i need to get in nature which was like the powder keg for me going on a hike today i was like i've got to get in the mindset and then i was sitting on the beach and i'm like okay in nature the waves are rolling in and i re-listened to our podcast two years ago to reflect on my thoughts and then a thunderstorm rolled in because the weather was really working with me today and that's when i listened to the album so i feel like you know the folklore walk is necessary. You're not going to, like, do folklore. I mean, you can do folklore in a quiet, dark room eating cheese. I mean, it, it hits. It hits the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it truly <laughs> does. If You know what we didn't talk about last time? We didn't talk about the album art for this. No. Like, sometimes I, like, what was going through Taylor's head when she took that picture? But it kind of nails, like, what you need. You need to be, like, a roam in the woods and, like, sepia tone. <laughs> Truly. Or, like, this light, life in black and gray, which, again, signaling oh, that's my depression. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, depression. <laughs> but, like, okay. But don't forget, Folklore is a summer album. Yeah, okay, I still don't believe that. I'm like, okay, Taylor, you're just trying to, like, shoehorn summer into, like, I guess, yeah. okay, yeah, like, fucking August and Betty and... Shit like that, summer romance when you're a teen. Like, okay, the summer I turn pretty. <laughs> okay, the the lyrics might be summer. The vibes are not. Are not. <laughs> and, like, I guess I was thriving when this album came out, which is, like, hard to believe. And I was like, yeah, I just, I need, like, fun pop music. At the time, we were also talking about how Loverfest just got canceled. But it... <gasps> I'm still so salty. I had those tickets. I had them. They're in my grasp. And then fucking smash. And I don't even know if she's going to do another one. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so we didn't really talk about the cover art and stuff like that. Or yeah, like the stylized uh, lowercase letters and stuff like that. But it definitely evokes. Oh, that doesn't impress me. I hate when artists think they're like cool and they're like, we're going to do all lowercase. Or we're going to do all uppercase. Like, I, like why? Like, there's so so little you can do with text. Like, just stop trying. <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's like it's been. I don't done care what it symbolizes. I I don't. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I definitely think that there's like some content online about specifically about this photo shoot that she used for the cover, and I think like again the other piece, like you mentioned that we didn't have when we recorded this, is that Evermore is like a sister album. And you can see the parallels within the lyrics, the vibe, the aesthetic, like all of that stuff. Well, 
do we think that she took that photo for the album cover when she filmed the long pond session? Yeah, she's like, wearing that like heavy brown coat. Do we think like, that was taken in coat? like yeah. New York? I left a part of me back in New York. <laughs> <laughs> some people, if we want to start on like my crazy train, some people say that it's like a similar forest um, vibe that Carly Kloss got married to Jared Kushner in. And so that's what it's evoking. I don't know those people. Oh my god! I'm oh my god! Okay, okay. Work. Oh my god! They could walk by me on the side of the road, and I wouldn't know what they. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this <laughs> Carly Claus. Okay, let's save that for when we actually dive into the lyrics. We're already on a tangential uh, thing. Let's keep that motherfucker rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what were your takeaways from re-listening to our original episode so i actually had a lot of takeaways listening to our um initial episode so one is that tori didn't like cardigan and i fought back against that saying it had a fire bridge and that still holds up yeah (laughs) and and cardigan is definitely i mean i think it's probably inherently one of the most played songs for me off the album only because it was a single and it was kind of like indoctrinated in it I love that song. Like it, I like how it starts because it almost sounds like the way she's pacing her vocals. It sounds like I, I can visualize somebody like high heels on cobblestone. Mm-hmm. Like the way the song starts, I'm like transported into that world where it's like dark at night. Um, and I just love like that being the kickoff to the three like love triangle yes. songs. Yes. I think that I felt it while – it was released in addition to the merch, the Cardigan merch. It seemed merch grabby at the time. But yeah, Cardigan has aged well. And you're right. The um, motifs of like cobblestones and setting the stage for the the triangle romance makes sense. So, okay, you were right. So that was one of my, my like, album takeaways. Um, one of my takeaways from us recording the podcast is, like, we must have been really fucking hungry when we were recording because we talked about bruschetta, we talked about cheese, we talked about cheese whiz, like, we, cheese balls. Like, we must have been, like, Starving. fiending for some snack food yeah. that late at night. I um, love that for us. And then I think, like, overall something that was a takeaway of, like, when I was listening to the album is we talked a lot of it almost i think like it being like adult taylor like this is like a step in that direction and what i thought earlier when i was like re-listening to our podcast and subsequently the album is where her career has went with folklore and evermore and almost how she's like branded herself as like being just more mature i think that folklore really kicked off kind of like the change in how the general public thinks of taylor swift um that she's now more of like a like an adult artist that is to be taken seriously, like in all realms, similar to how like Lady Gaga is now taken more seriously by like older adults, um, for doing like her work with Tony Bennett yep. and then like putting out uh, other albums and like acting and all that. Whereas at the beginning of her career she wasn't taken seriously because like the meat dress stuff. Um and I think that this kind of kicks off the spin for Taylor where she really has stepped away from all of the like Kim Kardashian, Kanye West related drama that people have been like, oh, yeah, that was like a time bomb waiting to happen. Taylor was definitely right um, again. <laughs> so that's kind of my takeaway of like 
in the two years of since folklore, how Taylor Swift has like reestablished herself to the general public. Yeah, 100%. I agree. It sucks that women, young women, have to collaborate with men slash like older men and more like men whose music is taken more seriously to kind of get that credit because I think that is kind of what happened like people don't take pop music seriously as like art I don't think people super took Taylor Swift seriously because of the content and the genre of her work too I I agree with that but I would say I don't think that pop music part of pop music is that it shouldn't be taken seriously Mm. that it should be loud it should be boisterous and if you're creating like high quality pop music it should be all of those Mm. things but I think it gets like a knack on it because people are like oh like pop music that's the type of things like middle schoolers Mm -hmm. listen to and this is kind of what we had talked about the last time on the podcast and I was bringing it back is like Taylor Swift wasn't taken seriously because it was like, oh, she is like a musician for like young women, Mm -hmm. not she is a musician who creates high quality music that people enjoy listening to, even if they're not like stands online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think through this album especially, but the lyrics on this and Evermore um, have really kind of showed that like, no, no, this is a lyricist. But I also agree, say maybe a lot of those factors come from like okay she had a collaboration with bonnie Vare, who you know people are like oh they're very good um i didn't really know anything about aaron aaron dressner prior to this album and i don't really know much about him since this album Mm -hmm. but i mean the big pivot kind of in her stylistic choice through working with him and not jack antonoff um (laughs) oh jack (laughs) yeah i I think that's a, a great point yeah totally agree and like also i want like I think why I think that is because re-listening to the Red re-recordings, things like All Too Well have this, I would say, the same quality and Mm -hmm. difficulty and creativity as a lot of songs on Folklore, but, like, it was never considered, like, a lyrical masterpiece, like this yeah I think at the time that people were like you're writing songs about your relationships and breakup and we've done that for four three albums and now we're doing it again and for her to because red is that one that bridges kind of country and pop people are like this isn't real country when she was branding it as country and then there were songs like we're never getting back together which is kind of like you know it's a fun song but definitely skews towards more like high school middle yeah, school yeah. labor yeah. if you will yeah and I don't think that people took all too well seriously because a lot of people just didn't know about it. But yet, uh, you had said at the beginning of this podcast, you think Folklore is your favorite album. I still think Red is – I don't know if, like, Red is my favorite album. I think my Red, Red is my favorite album, but I don't think it's actually a true country album. True. Um, yep. Yeah. So I think, like, at the, at the time when she released it, like, I think her re-release is more pop than it is country. And I like it more as a pop album than I do as a country album. Yeah, I think that Folklore, Lover, and Reputation are my favorite albums. Um, But, like, again, it's, like, pulling hairs of what's my favorite. I also want to say that I'm pretty sure on both podcasts we talked about Aaron Dresner as Aaron Dresner. And it's definitely Dresner. <laughs> I, I re-listened to our podcast too, and I'm pretty sure we called him Dresner 
like 4,000 <laughs> times. <laughs> Wait, what is Desner? Yeah. Like D E Z D E S S N E R. Well, in yeah. pronunciation. Yes, yes, yes. So I was like, L O L. Like, we watched the Long Ponds sessions. Like, we've heard him talk. Session. Session. Singular session, etc. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's Desner. And every single time you and I Desner. have had such Dressner. So cool, well, cool, cool. Sorry. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. We know you're listening. <laughs> So at the time you said your least favorite song was Epiphany, but you said it would age well. And then your other least favorite song was Seven. Do you still feel that way? So I was thinking about this again today, um, more in regards to Seven. So I was listening to Seven today and I still can't connect with that song. Mm -hmm. But I realized today my issue with the song is really the first half of it, not the second half. Because like once I'm like you know, Stockholm Syndrome into the song. I'm like, okay, I can get along with the second half of these lyrics. Of course. I like the the lyric, and I said this last time, that sounds like Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato, which when uh, Demi is like, we're cool for the summer, and Taylor is like, um, she says something like, sweet tea, sweet tea in the yeah. summer. Trust my heart won't tell no other. Like, at that point, I'm like, okay, the bass has dropped, and we're getting down in these trees. I'm literally fucking dead. Um, Sweet tea in the summer, cross your heart won't tell no other. Oh my god, I'm... We're cool for the summer. (laughs) dead. Please, someone make a mashup of that. (laughs) Um, But the first half of that song, like not it you know what it sounds like and you're not gonna know because i'm sure you haven't watched this Mm. movie it sounds like harry potter and the goblet of secrets (laughs) goblet of goblet of fire goblet of fire (laughs) and no i have not oh when harry takes the like golden egg under the water to listen to the mermaid sing like that's what the first like minute of this song sounds like to me it sounds like the and she sounds like she's singing underwater um i don't like the stylistic choices of seven yeah. but i've i've come along by saying like there's some redeemable qualities of that song yeah i like it i like it when i said that epiphany would age well yeah. i meant like cheese <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean to bring cheese up again but like when it's been like a 50 year aged block of cheddar or however long cheese ages yeah. like it's still not good yeah and i I skipped it on my re-listen again because I just Spicy. can't do it. It's like it's like four minutes long too. It's like why am I doing this to myself? Like I don't like this song. I'm I, I was naturally on a time crunch. Yes, so naturally. It's like I just don't have the time to put into. Where our <laughs> father, someone, doctor. Okay. <laughs> I agree with you. I fucking hate Epiphany. A hot take. If I were to cut one song, would be this. I fucking hate this one. Like, I don't need the war symbolism and, like, imagery. I just don't connect with it. I think it's more of, like, a historical piece of, like, this is the COVID song. Right. And I have no interest in that as somebody who has lived through COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Right? you're like, July 2020, we weren't doing so bad. Like, fuck. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's like a 20, no, no, sorry, 2120 song. Yeah. Like, they can enjoy that. They can, I don't know, 
do what the fuck they want put with it. Put it in the textbooks. No yeah. yeah, but leave it there. Th- that's when they're like music and history and they bring up Epiphany as like a historical music piece. Like that's what Epiphany is. It is of no use to me in my life. Um, and it, it doesn't serve a purpose on the album. Like it's it's in the back half of the album. Yes. I think they put it between Mad Woman and Betty. Yeah. Mistake. I think they may have put it between like it 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 brackets Betty in some way or another, and there is no fucking way that I should be going from Epiphany to Betty. Like you're yeah. argu- arguably going from like the lowest trench to like the highest peak. Yes, it's and Mad Woman, <laughs> Epiphany, Betty. Yeah. There's no need. There's no need. Mad Woman is like a good like slow down song, like after illicit like after illicit affairs. Like I don't need like another like depressy hour. Yeah, one hundo. <laughs> Mine was peace. This did not age well. And I said And you said that when at the I listened time. to it. I, I I should have started a war with Tori over not liking it. You should peace. have started the war in Epiphany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, maybe in 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Someone's <laughs> here to help you. <laughs> it sounds like the Who's singing Dahu Dore to like a depressing song. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> okay, so your thoughts on Peace of Change. What's the updated take? I think I couldn't enjoy it because it was too real in my life and I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. And like I don't I, I don't wanna like get into that per se. I just think that it's a very um natural feeling for anyone. And like obviously this is through Taylor Swift's lens, but like for people to wonder in if they can, you know, have a partner that they can have a like fulfilling relationship with if they come with the baggage. And at the time I think I was just feeling very much like a person with baggage and I was like I'm I can't um even listen to this a second time so yeah well say, wasn't there also that lyric where she's like I sit around and talk shit with my friends and you I'm like, wasting paint, your like honor yeah. yeah right and I think that you had an issue with that lyric because you were like now that's bullshit like <laughs> yeah I think I was annoyed with that because again it's like yeah, okay, so, like, again, not to take this, like, super analytical because it's a fucking toss-away lyric, but, like, I think it just annoys me when, again, like, Joe Alwyn is the serious actor and she's the pop star that just, like, talks shit with the squad of girlies. Like, I don't know. And, like, again, maybe I'm reading into that way too much, but I hate when people use the thing that talking shit isn't... Not that it's honorable, but, like, that's also how you like hold space for people I don't know I just like I get annoyed with that maybe because it's the premise of this podcast is to talk <laughs> shit and I bing, 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 yeah bing, bing. <laughs> okay Nick okay okay but like do you know what I'm saying like I just I hate that that there's no again like valid- validity in talking shit when sometimes it's superficial for sure but like a lot of times it serves a, a a purpose for for people. I think Peace is a great song. I like how it builds mm-hmm. at the beginning. I think it's very airy. Uh, I think the lyrics are good. I think it's, you know, one of her more, like, mature songs. Mm-hmm. Like, she's talking about, like, you know, her, her kind of, like, second-guessing herself and her ability to be in this relationship and, like, what she provides and... Um, 
what she she wants out of it like you know i'm not going to give you all the other things that you could have but i can give you me mm-hmm. and will that bring you peace mm-hmm. and i really also just love the idea that that's what a relationship can bring you because again if you think about covid chaotic times and you're hoping for like a partner that can yeah provide stability and peace so i thought it was just very topical and more than all of that this is also the song that contains the lyric clowns to the west yeah it capitalizes the w so like let's just like as we walk away from the drama let's just flip off kanye west one more time 100 <laughs> percent, yeah iconic Okay, um, our fave song was both the one. Is that still... Okay, well, don't tell me. I guess we're going to talk about what our favorite and least favorite is nowadays at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. But uh, do you think that that song holds up? I think, yes. I think that it is the perfect song to start off the album. Forget even the nonsense of, like, the one with, like, the number one instead of spelling it out to be, like, you know... I don't even know what the fuck the point of that is. Like, stylistic. (laughs) But yeah, I love that it starts with, like, I'm on some new shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's just, like, it it does very much ease you into the album that's to come, and I think it sets it up really well. I love that song still. Me too, yeah. I think it's really good. It's hard to listen to for me because, again, like, it's it's kind of upbeat, but the song lyrics are actually really sad, Mm -hmm. and, like, sometimes I just, like, I actually have to, like, skip it because... It, like, will actually make me depresso. But, like, I don't know. It's a balance. But I think that, yeah, it's probably still my favorite song. Well, oh, my gosh. I'm spoiler sorry. alert. Oh, my God. The expose. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just so excited about the one. Okay. Well, okay. There you go. Yeah, I don't think that our, really our thoughts have changed. Not necessarily on it being our favorite song or not, because I'll keep my shit a secret. Um, but I think that all of our takes then hold up still today. Wild. I just, I, okay. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of sets up some, like, you know, little hints of what's later to come in the album in terms of some of the lyrics she used to set up, like, other things that she talks about. Yeah, 100%. Like, to me, like, they're, like, throwing, roaring 20s, tossing pennies in the pool or something, to me, sets up la- the Last Great American Dynasty. Dynasty. In Last Great American Dynasty, she says something about, like, she's a mad woman, which obviously sets up kind of the message in Mad Woman. Mm-hmm. I love the little hints throughout all of this album taking us to other places in the album. Same. It's so fucking smart. Like, I just don't understand how she is this creative it's something that I could never do but I like just love I'm in awe of it like I love participating in it that way I posted on my Instagram does anyone have any comments about folklore and most people just said how much they appreciate it Taylor from that's the tea podcast says literally one of her best albums ever changed my life at Amanda Lynch underscore underscore says folklore and evermore are best albums to date at Carly Fisano from the to be influenced podcast said it's a mass masterpiece. No further questions. I love that you really like nailed each of their handles, like the underscore <laughs> underscore, like that is commitment to your craft. <laughs> oh my God. Did I ever tell you this is a total side tangent. It will take like 30 seconds audience. So just strap in. Um, <laughs> When, like, a decade ago, when my friends were, like, just first getting Twitter and stuff, I didn't have one at the time because, I I don't know, I was, like, a loser who didn't have Twitter, and now I can't go, like, an hour without checking it. (laughs) Uh, My friends were, like, 
trying to follow each other on Twitter. And they're like, well, what's your handle? And it was like name underscore last name. Oh, yeah. And my friend straight up typed in Nate, like his first name, the word underscore. And then it's last name. She's like, you're not popping up. You're lying. What is it? And he's like, that's what it is. And she turned the phone around. She was like, it's not showing up. What is it? And it was like, you can't type out underscore like there's a key so every time i hear underscore that's what you i think, think of you and <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> nick you and could you imagine if you're like yeah everyone follow me like i'm nick i'm nick underscore drink water yeah, on twitter but it's, it's n-i-c-k-u-n-d-e-r-s-c-o-r-e-d-r-i-n-k-w-a-t-e-r spelling bee that is correct and then they put me sit down <laughs> That's so funny. Did you have any cringe emails or usernames when you were a younger child? Uh, I'm trying to think about this. Like, no, I was not like a cringe uh, email guy. I think my mom set my first email up and it was like ndrink at like Comcast. Oh, that's so Um, funny. You weren't like soccer guy 99. No, No. my embarrassing usernames were my club penguin. (laughs) Yeah, what what the spell? Um, and my, like, Webkins. Yes. (laughs) What were your usernames? I honestly wish that I could remember. I know that my Webkins password was elephant, (laughs) but the L, the L in elephant was the number one. (laughs) Because I'm Taylor Swift. It's symbolic out here. (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. I also, one of the only times I got grounded in my life was I found out my cousin's Webkins password and username and i gave it to one of my other friends so we could play webkins together and then and then my my cousin well my cousin found out that somebody was using his webkins (laughs) told his mom who told my mom and then i got grounded oh my god that's (laughs) so funny I, I think that my my okay so obviously my guy's little name was like he was a fucking baby elephant so i think my like webkin name was like peanut (laughs) cute and my my webkin my club penguin name definitely had like football in it yeah, somewhere football guy <laughs> no, <definitely. laughs> maybe i was like football fisher because i think like in club penguins you could play the fishing game and you could like rig the game by leaving the fish on your web your uh, club penguin line after you caught the last fish, and that big wampin fish would come and bite it, and you'd get like fifty extra like club penguin dollars, in which I could go buy a puffle with. Oh my <laughs> God. The dream, the only, the the best capitalism was club penguin capitalism. Truly, or neopets. <laughs> I'm still living in that economy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I could just play games every day to win money. I know. Like, where's my Twitch stream? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, they have it so easy. I know it's not easy, but like, oh my God, like this could be us. Look at your little setup. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> like, my little setup, we, we've upgraded. I'm in the same room I was last time we recorded the Folklore podcast, but I'm now sitting on a couch opposed to a table. And instead of having a shitty audio, which maybe it's still shitty, but no, now I been. have a proper microphone and a headset. I know. You seem so pro- like you're like a little professional. Yeah, a little professional bumming off other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional at that. <laughs> oh my God. As told by the Webkin story. Truly, truly. Uh, anyway, back to topic. Back to Taylor. All right, un- unstrap, unstrap. The turbulence is gone. <laughs> you can move about the cabin. <laughs> 
Okay, so we want to go through some of the lyrics that we found interesting that we didn't cover in the first. Because again, remember, we covered this literal days after the episode dropped. Now we have had two years. The episode. Oh my God, the album dropped. This Taylor's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you got that many downloads. But... (laughs) But we recorded it really soon. I think we had both maybe listened to the album twice through. Now we've listened to it 200 times through. So there are some specific things we want to talk about. I want to preface, I'm going to say this at the top of the show too. We are not going to go through every single Easter egg, lyric, song even. This is just like some general thoughts of things that stood out to us. There is so much more Taylor content. Some of my friends host taylor podcast like cam from what i will say who i was just on her podcast talking about harry styles and nick grimshaw fluently forward has some carly Kloss and taylor swift content it's become a whole thing as tons of patreon episodes about it so there's literally so much the reddit is just like bumping so we're just gonna go over some things that we found interesting. Reddit is a bumpin'. And like on it <laughs> it is. Honestly, it's the because I'm like scared of Swifties. And it's like if you don't know, like like people are gonna be like, How did you not know that the album came out on July 29th? Like you you said the twenty-fourth. Um <laughs> she just brings a certain type of stan that we're We can't compete with. We can't That's compete. What it is. Like we don't have We're not Stan we're TikToks. not scared of you we're just we wish we were you but we just can't yes <laughs> literally I'm a little scared but like in general <laughs> I'm impressed and I love consuming your content but that's just not this podcast okay <laughs> let's start with the one can I finally get into like my conspiracy things yeah so for for those of you who don't know what the conspiracy is it means you have short-term memory because she brought it up at the beginning of the show. <laughs> like, please get checked out. <laughs> but on the outline of the podcast, I was sent, there's this term gayler that I was unfamiliar with. Now I I can read so I can parse together what is to come from this. But I'm really ready just to sit back with my drink and let Tori tell his folklore story. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Which I'm I going to reference in this episode. So basically, when I had recorded episode, our bonus episode of folklore i had never heard of this potential relationship with between carly Kloss and taylor swift if you have never heard of this please just like look up reddit gayler and you'll have like an afternoon of just fun but basically it is a conspiracy that carly Kloss and taylor swift dated and a lot of the folklore album like references their relationship is that like blowing your mind or have you heard of that a little bit no i don't know who carly Kloss is oh my gosh (laughs) so i'm about to google a picture of her okay so carly Kloss is a model uh she i think is most well known for victoria's secret and the modeling in victoria's secret and she was best friends with taylor swift she was part of her squad she is now married to Jared Kushner, who is... No, no. You okay, so you said that earlier. Isn't Jared Kushner, like, Ivanka Trump? Fuck. Oh, guy? my God. She is... No, she is married to Josh Kushner. 
Okay, I was oh going to say, so the I say Swifties that as I'm reading her personal, I'm reading her personal page. <laughs> on, on her wiki, Kate, whenever I go to wiki, it's just wiki. like directly to personal section, like, <laughs> like scrolled back, down to personal section. Okay, you're um, right. But yeah, you said Jared Kirsch earlier, and I was like, so I, I know him, but that can't be true. No, that, <laughs> like, that vehemently is false. She is married to Josh Kushner, who is Jared Kushner's brother. Who is inf- oh my god, what? Yes, who is infamously married to Ivanka Trump. And there's been a lot of controversy because Carly is pretty vocal about being a Democrat and being left-leaning, where obviously the Kushner family is very right-wing and Republican. So there's some like interesting tensions there. No, it's bad when Josh Kirshner doesn't have a picture on his wiki says it all that truly says it all (laughs) so I think that I guess I did hear about their relationship back in the day because there's this infamous picture I think they're at a 1975 concert and they're in the balcony and they're like there's pictures of them like basically making out but they're very grainy so a lot of people we call them Hitlers uh who don't believe Taylor Swift is queer and Dated Carly Kloss. Wait, you call those people Hitlers? Yeah. Why do they get a nickname? Are they a minority group of, of stands? I think, I I don't know if they're min- minority, but they like really, I don't know, are kind of denying some of the like iconography lyrics and, you know, like interview tidbits that Taylor's shared about like her sexuality. Okay, so is this why... It's coming to the pieces are fitting into place. Is this why people said that Seven was like a gay anthem like two years ago? Well, I think. And why Betty. Yes. Like is like a gay anthem. Yes. So people um, thought that the triangle wasn't between like a hetero couple and a side piece. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. <laughs> the side check. Yes. So yes, there a lot of like lyric analysis go went into Betty as like queer art. Interesting. Okay. So more about this Carly Claus yes. situation or the Gaylor conspiracy. The Gaylor conspiracy. So it's really interesting because you can see little Easter eggs that could point to this relationship with Taylor Swift. It's very much the like you know the saying where it's like their best their best friends are roommates, but really they were lovers or whatever in history. And they were roommates? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates? <laughs> I'm familiar with that piece of history, let me tell you. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss went on this infamous trip to Big Sur that was documented in Vogue. And they drove down Highway 1, and it was all photographed. So, people are saying that the one is stylized that way. To indicate oh. highway number one. <laughs> my my head is exploding out of my ears. Good. So Taylor Swift lived at the time that she dated Carly Kloss, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, in the West Village in New York. And there is a restaurant called The Bus Stop. So when she says, I thought I saw you at the bus stop. I didn't, though. She's probably talking about Carly Kloss because she also lived in the West Village and she would sneak through her garden gate to visit her in the summer 
a la Cruel Summer. I love the Swifty stands. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm a stan of them. <laughs> Tori might be scared of me, but just just send shit to my DMs. Like this is isn't like this, rich. Isn't this rich, Kate? Nick, I feel like I just opened up. Like I cannot. This tea is good. Okay, I have so much more. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna get you on Cam's podcast. What I will say, you're gonna have so much fun dissecting all of this. There's pictures. There's Reddit th- threads. There's timelines. It's Chef's Kiss. So much fun. And this is what I've been doing for the past. My jaw two years is like on the floor. So let me walk you through. Because no, no, because now I'm thinking like, okay, so yeah, flip through the garden gate last summer just to seal your face. Yes, okay. okay, And like, you're the West Village. You didn't do it for me, baby. Yes. Yes. Oh Oh my God. All of this New York, because you know her New York era? That was when she was. I left a part of me back in New York. Yes. Yes. That's when she was dating Taylor or dating Carly Kloss, allegedly. So there's all of this New York uh, references that references. Welcome to New York. (laughs) When did they start? Like how far is the lineage? Okay, so I'm going to look it up. Tori is Googling. So my understanding is they they met at the Victoria's Secret fashion show when Carly was walking in it and Taylor Swift was singing. Which I will say, you know, the lyrics like in Gold Rush about in Gold Rush about blonde curly hair and rose gold. Car- sure. Carly and Taylor were wearing rose gold with their long curly hair down the runway. Has either of them like come out as bi? Well, I know Taylor has it. Has Carly? Um, as I learned about I her don't think for the first time. So. I don't think so. And Taylor, like, I think. The consensus is like she talked uh, when she released me for lover. She talked. There's that infamous quote that's like the music video is going to be all things that make me me gay pride, blah, blah, blah. So people are assuming. Okay, so this this is like straddling the lines of like canon and fanfic. Exactly. Because a straight person, if they came out with a song like. What's the song that she had all of the, like, queer... You need to calm yes, down? Yes, thank you. I, if a straight person released a song like You Need to Calm Down or Me, where there's, like, a pride parade and the rainbows and the there's people popping out of closets, if a straight person used that image to sell records, like, that's so fucked up. So I'm assuming... I'm assuming. <laughs> this is a spiral. This is an, a, a full spiral. So apparently. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. So back. <laughs> yes. So the timeline for Carly and Taylor, they started kind of chatting online in 2012. They officially met at Victoria's Secret fashion show in November 2013. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm sure I'm late on the bus here. I'm adding to the conspiracy theory that, her 1989 album that starts with Welcome to New York that has the verse of like, was it like boys like boys and girls like girls or something like that? Okay, I'm adding that to canon. I'm late, but I'm I'm co-signing that. I'm obsessed. Okay, I love this for us. So basically, I... I love building off the work of others. Yeah, yeah truly, truly. So I think that why I wanted to bring this up is just this is my biggest shift from when I first listened to folklore to when I'm listening to it now 
I'm seeing these as Easter eggs that might point to a relationship with Carly and throughout some of the other songs I've like included that. Okay, so now what songs did William Bowery not co-write? Because if William Bowery did not co-write any of the songs that talk about Carly Claus, I'm in. Okay, so he <laughs> co-wrote Betty at Exile. Okay, well, she lied to him and it was over the love triangle. It was Betty, Exile. She lied for him and gave him writing credits when he didn't deserve it. Yes. The second's more likely. Which we are going to get to. It was Betty, Exile. Right, exile. And he was credited as a producer on six songs, and he wrote those two. Do you want the six songs that he was a... No, he, yeah. he's irrelevant. He's literally irrelevant. <laughs> so back to the one, the only other lyric that I just wanted to point out, like Roaring Twenties, Tossing Pennies in the Pool, like he said... I feel like, again, that just brings up kind of this time of Taylor's life where she was hosting parties at her main mansion. Carly was there. And Tom Hiddleston, who I used to think was Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yes, who like, again, yes, that was so funny. Again, like, that relationship is like 100p fake. So it's just like, I just feel like she had a lot of relationships with guys that were clearly PR around the time that she was allegedly dating in Carly Claus. So. At Hermit Power says, Gaylor Conspiracy has me, and agreed, clearly me too. <laughs> the next song on the album is Cardigan. The only thing I wrote was like, there is the mention of the High Line in New York. I love the High Line. Me too. So I um I teach like urban geography, and one of the examples of urgent urban geography that I teach is the High Line specifically. But um I've never actually went and walked the High Line. So this past like February during my February vacation, um I went to New York and I spent like an entire day walking the High Line by myself, and it was super cool. Were you listening <laughs> like, to folklore? I was probably listening to nothing and like experiencing the city oh, like a loser. Okay. <laughs> okay, mentally well, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I walked down. Then the highlight ends at Hun- Hudson Yards if you walk like north, um, which has that like giant, like mm-hmm. a, the thing that looks like a, a beehive. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It has the the vessel. Yes, the, the vessel. vessel. I don't like the word vessel, by the way. Um, side tangent there. But yeah, it was like super cool. I couldn't imagine like living on it. I mean, mm-hmm. one, because all the stuff in New York costs a shit ton of money, but specifically in that area of New York. But two is like, you could be creeping in people's windows. Oh, like so people easily. can't be getting up to anything yeah. if you live on the floor level of the High Line. But the High Line was cool. Truly, uh, definitely recommend of New York. I feel like we did talk about Cardigan enough. Cardigan holds up. It's definitely like one of the top songs in the album. The bridge is really good. The mood is good. She knocked it out of the park. The merch is ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're moving on. <laughs> The Last Great American Dynasty. I like this song. I feel like for a song that doesn't have, like, emotional lyrics that I connect to, I play it often. Yeah, the la- We didn't talk about The Last Great American Dynasty last time we recorded either. Um, what I really like about it is that it tells a story super well yeah. in a three-minute song it's fun. It's relevant immediately to Taylor. Yes. Like it, it, that is one of those songs that's like, this is me telling my story. Yes. And maybe I'll, you know what? Let's back it up again to the Gaylor thing. Yes. Cause it still kind of has me a little shocked. Folklore is supposed to be like 
is it all true? Is it all fake? Yes. Like, what part of folklore do we tell? So maybe this whole album is Taylor's folklore, and she wants people to have these conversations because, like, 50 years from now, when the, the you know the hard cheese epiphany is ready to be eaten, people will have these discussions, and maybe they'll be more relevant about the folklore around Taylor Swift. Okay. Okay, I fucking love that. Also, like, there's a lyric in Seven that's passed down, like, folk songs, our love lasts yep. so long, that really just... so. just really reminds me of her talking about like yeah a specific relationship that she wants to eulogize in folklore yeah more on eulogize when we talk (laughs) about the lakes later on uh but last thoughts on last great american dynasty is i agree with what you said like it's one of those songs that i will go pick out and listen to it individually on its own without having to listen through the whole album to fully appreciate it it's not like my favorite song spoiler there but i i really do like it and it's one of those and i'm like i could listen to the there goes the last like i could get down with that Yeah, it's just like fun and poppy it's like a good driving song i want to just point out she's now sold that house that rebecca harkness lived in and again i think really alluding to the time that she lived in that house she had her squad the bitch pack like she talks about how Rebecca burnt, you know, everyone talked about her and she made a big fuss. And that's very much how I think Taylor views herself. And she does, again, I mentioned this earlier, she references like the Mad Woman lyric yes. in that song. Iconic. Exile is the next song. I think I was also really salty about this in our first listen but I do like it and um, this is the first song on the album that we hear is written by William Bowery allegedly allegedly <laughs> apparently he wrote the first uh, there, uh, there is no way Justin melody. Vernon no there's no way Justin Vernon is allowing some scrub who's done nothing to write his fucking verse it's just not happening <laughs> Taylor said I wrote this song if you sing it you can have the first verse to start the song, but I get to give Joe songwriting credits. Like, deal or no deal. <laughs> it's actually so ridiculous. And like, it kind of makes me annoyed because you're right. Justin Vernon and Aaron and Jack outside of the Long Pond Studios have, Long Pond Sessions have like literally never mentioned Joe. So. Except for Jack Antonoff going like. <gasps> <gasps> obnoxious. So fucking obnoxious. I hate him so much. <laughs> But yeah, apparently he knew the whole first verse and the entirety, entire melody and then was singing it around the house. And that's how this song came about. And I just LOL. So here I I love Exile. Um, I love and I said the first time I love the call and response aspect of you didn't give a warning sign. I gave so many signs like I, I think that's really good. Um, but my question for you is, and maybe I'm catching you off guard because we didn't do Evermore prep. Do you like Exile better or do you like Coney Island better? Exile. Are well, you I, a Coney Island I think Island I like Coney player? Island better. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like the lyrics of Coney Island. I, I, that's not Bonnie Vare. I know it's, it's somebody else. <laughs> it's the 1975 it's Aaron Desner's band, yeah. I think person, it's the 1975, right? yeah. Um, I, I just really like that. And it doesn't fit on folklore. Um, and I think Exile is a fantastic song. Like, this isn't a negative. It's more of a, like, can we celebrate Coney Island for fucking once? Yeah, truly. <laughs> truly. Breaking my soul in two here. 
Yeah, Evermore, I think, is Taylor's almost maybe more personal album, and that's why maybe she mm-hmm. doesn't really, like, celebrate it as much. But I'm still a folklore girl if I had to choose between the two. Oh, I yeah. I'm going to reassess my statement stance on that. I've gone both ways. I think I've said on this podcast that I liked Evermore more. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I really do like folklore. My issue with folklore is I could really do without two of these songs. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting thoughts that I will share at a later date. <laughs> so the next song is My Tears Ricochet. Again, we didn't like this like lengthy title, but I think it does hold up. It does. And this was, again, very much about her relationship with Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun, who owned and sold her music. And so much more has come out about that in the last two years. The song is so good at storytelling. That. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. It has one of my favorite lines on the album or lyrics on the album is on this song. What? I won't say it's my favorite yet yeah. because maybe it will be later, but uh, I'll give it as a contender right now. Um, I think this is the song that has like, now I'm like, am I second guessing myself? Is it? This is the song that has, we pick up stones, never yeah. knowing what they'll mean. Some to throw, some to make, some to make a diamond, diamond ring. Rings, yes. I love that lyric. Yes, yes. That is from this. And I think that that's so true because I think, again, that just talks about her career as like, you do collect stones, like criticisms or whatever, never knowing what they'll mean, some to throw to like defend yourself and like some to make riches. I don't know. It's just... It's a good lyric for life too. Not necessarily in like the stones meaning, but like a lot of time, like you go through life and and maybe you replace stones with meeting people. Yeah. And sometimes you meet people and or, uh, it's a, a really awesome relationship that continues for a long time or maybe that relationship sets you up to have a connection somewhere else to set you up in a different aspect of your life and maybe sometimes it just fades away and doesn't really mean anything and I I just love the kind of symbolism is like we collect these things as we go throughout our path in her case it's stones and sometimes it's used to create beauty like a diamond ring and sometimes it's like no I'm gonna launch this back at you because you treated me like a piece of dirt. Yeah, and like the throwing stones in glass houses kind of mm-hmm. reference is just, it's really good. And I think it also shows a lot of insight into how Taylor felt. Like there is the line, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace and you're the hero flying around saving face. And I think mm-hmm. that that is really interesting that she reflected on like, Again, maybe because she like refused to meet with Scooter and stuff and like all of this stuff. And like, it's just interesting to see some of those insights from her. And I just love the fact that she was able to rhyme a ricochet. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> like... Ugh, it's so brilliant. There's other things that also kind of reference the relationship, crossing out the good years. And when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies, like her stolen music. Yeah, I, I love that. I don't necessarily love that lyric, but I love how that sounds. In the yeah, song. like it's because it almost away. fades away. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's so nice. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. So again, like just talking about how she is kind of the reason that uh, these men are successful. And then I really like the lyric, and I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home. And I can go anywhere. Yeah, that's it's great, too. It's so good. And I think, yeah, people, again, can relate to that in jobs, in relationships, with cu- in family cutting life off too, family, right? like, yeah. everything. It's just so good. 
you separate yourself to get such freedom, but then the sometimes the place that you want to go to, you can't. Totally, totally. <laughs> it's great. Up after that is Mirabal. Yeah. You liked this song, and you liked it on the her analysis of it in the Long Pond session, Singular. Yeah. I, singular. I, that needs to be stressed. Like, I, I bring it up every time we talk about Taylor Swift on this podcast. You cannot pluralize something that is singular when you literally have a sister album that you wrote in the same time period. I know, <laughs> like, that we're just waiting for. Yeah, no, I, what I really like about Mirrorball is how it sounds stylistically. Yeah. Like, I'm a mirror. Like, I, I feel like this has become, like, a singing I know, podcast. I was just going to say, did anyone know that <laughs> Nick's favorite pastime is karaoke? Oh my god. Can I tell uh, side tangent again, strap in. We had a huge karaoke night planned for tomorrow night. Like when I say like we had like fifteen people planning to go to this like towny little karaoke bar in Maine for tomorrow night. That you're taking me to in two and a half weeks. Yes, it was going to be hype, and the fucking karaoke guy canceled, Ugh. so they're not doing it this week. I hate and I was them. like, well, how am I going to go to And the last time I went to karaoke night, they didn't call me up on stage because I put my name in too late. How like, dare they? You just don't want talent. I've watched this woman sing Proud Mary eight weeks in a row to <laughs> the same chorus, and sure, it's good, but you know what else is good? Like, cookies. If I eat eight, <laughs> eat eight cookies in a row, it's not good. Get me up there and let me sing literally. I get up there and sing Proud Mary. I know the Just Dance 2 dance. I know how to go. And we're rolled. <laughs> like, I, I could do that performance. Vocally, would it be as good? Debatable. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but my abilities, what I bring to the stage, I have that X factor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, so I like Mirrorball. I don't think it's anything, like, super special, but I love where it's placed in the album mm-hmm. um, because it does sound stylistically different from everything we've heard up until that point. And I do think, you know, Seven comes next and Seven. Yeah, um, and Mir- yeah. Mirrorball is interesting also because I think it also harkens back to – Rebecca harkens back to her. <laughs> Not the pun. Not the pun. I've been listening to too much Rob as a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It just elicits illicit affairs. Illicit affairs? It elicits, like, just thoughts about being a performer. And I think that's just interesting because especially in a time where you can't really perform, perform. exactly and, and she's trying to say i'm doing like everything i can to entertain you yes. i'm releasing two albums in the span of six months yes <laughs> and like it also makes me think about scott and scooter because i feel like taylor swift was very like in her teen years look at me um doing anything to get people to notice her and then that's i don't know that's just taxing the next song is seven. We can skip past that, I think, at this point. Okay, I want to say two <laughs> things. Hit my peak at seven feet. This is her eighth studio album. So people are just saying. <laughs> Ellipses. <laughs> so fill in the fucking. <laughs> fill in the fucking blank, okay? 
But I would disagree with her. Lover is not her peak. <laughs> okay, okay. Even at the time that she put this out and wrote that lyric, Lover was not her okay, peak. Okay, true that, true that. Okay. And then another thing that I spoke about earlier is passed down like folk songs, Our Love Lasts So Long, reminds me of Gold Rush. The lyric in Gold Rush that is, again, supposedly about Carly Kloss says, my mind turns your life into folklore. I can't dare to dream about you anymore, which really sounds like a person who maybe wanted to step out into the spotlight with this relationship and that didn't happen. And And then you think of the what ifs. Yes, and one person moved on and got married and had a baby and then the other person is sitting with her hair pinned up in a corner that she haunts. Of a restaurant. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right where you left me. Exactly. That was so offbeat. <laughs> People will be like, what song is that? <laughs> oh, I've never heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Also, side note, I hate to admit this because I don't like Jack Antonoff. I love Gold Rush. <laughs> Gold Fuck, Rush is so it's good. So fucking good. It's, it's so fucking obnoxious. I know. Good. I hate so him mad. so much. And Gold Rush is such a good song. He's so yeah. annoying. Speaking of, speaking of Jack Antonoff, the next yeah, song. Yeah, doesn't he like love playing August? Like, ugh. yeah. I mean, we saw that long punk session to an obnoxious amount. Yeah, I want to make a TikTok of me just with my leg up on a bench and just like on a guitar. <laughs> Tori, you're like. 16 months too late to that viral fame. <laughs> like, wake up, San Francisco. This is a story of my life. I'm like, I should make a TikTok about this. They're like, that's a trend from 2006. Like, <laughs> Tori's like, have you guys heard of Tiger King? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. More realistically, Tori's like, have you all heard of folklore? Yeah, like- Listen to my podcast on folklore. <laughs> Literally, people are like... We heard that two years ago. She's just reusing her content. <laughs> yeah, I am, okay? She hits 100 episodes. <laughs> Hit my peak at 100 episodes. <laughs> Hit my peak at 100 feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. Okay, August. I don't want to talk about the fucking triangle relationship anymore. I feel like that's all right, we well, August about. August slaps. August, August slaps. slaps. Yep. It's sipped away like a bottle of wine. Uh, yeah, the salt air in the rust of your door. I never, I never wanted anything. More. The issue is right now I have this microphone and I'm like, I know, mm, I know. Again, everybody, Nick likes karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I really do like August, um, but we don't have to talk about it much further. It's a bop. It's just like, for me, Last Great American Dynasty, I will seek it out to play it because it's a good summer song. We didn't talk about This Is Me Trying really at all last time. I know. This Is Me Trying still holds up. I feel like every time I listen to it, I like it more. I know. And like, I don't want to because again, it's sad, but it is so good. I don't think I brought this up the last time we were on the pod, but I remember the day that Folklore dropped and she put it on Instagram and she was like, here's the cover and here's the freaking songs on it. And then we had to wait like 16 hours to listen to any of the songs. And we put it in our like friend group chat. And I remember saying like people were like, what song's going to be the best essentially was like the conversation. And I saw the title, This Is Me Trying and said, that one is going to gut some people's hearts out. And it gutted (laughs) mine. And it did. Like literally stuff like I had the shiniest wheels. Now they're rusting. Mm -hmm. Like, 
lay me out to die. Like, literally lay me out to try. No, lay me out to die. (laughs) Drop it. (laughs) These people are going to leave. They've already left. You're right. It's gutting. That's all I can really say that. Like, they told me all my cages were mental, so I got wasted, like, all my potential. Like, all my potential. That lyric is so good. That's another contender for me. And then another reference to Mad Woman and my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. Regrets about that. I was so ahead of the curve. That the curve became a sphere. Became a spear. (laughs) It's so good. Fell behind all my classmates and I ended up here. Yeah. Are we going to get checked? Is this like YouTube? Like when you have singing okay, or When I first lyrics? started the podcast, I literally, I remember my sister and I like, we sung, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And we're like, oh my God, copyright. Like, <laughs> copyright infringement. Yeah, we're like, this podcast is canceled. No, because they can't discern that that is Firework by Katy Perry. <laughs> like, well, the way that I'm singing, they're not discerning anything. Yeah, totally. Totally. Anything else but this is me trying? Nope. Just want to give it its little moment in the sun. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to another Gaylor rabbit hole. Illicit affairs. Here are some lyrics. Tell me that this isn't a secret lover Finding your New York apartment. Oh, no, but that's literally what this song is about. <laughs> like, that is so unfair. Okay, like, <laughs> well, close your eyes and just imagine. Hood over your head. Keep your eyes down. Tell your friends you're out for a run. You'll be flushed when you return because you're... F- I was going to say fucking. Because you're sweating. Oh, yeah, well, you're sweating. Because you're nervous. Did you ever... Did you ever watch Friday Night Lights? I can't tell if that's like a show for you or not, but Tim Riggins seems like your type. Um. Okay, so I watched the first episode, and spoiler alert, even though it's like, do you have to say that when the show is like over 10 years old? No. It's... I was like, oh, a fun like teen dramedy or like drama romance or whatever. And then it was like, the guy gets paralyzed. And I was like, I'm fucking out. <laughs> the first like three minutes is like, this young star becomes paralyzed, and I'm like, I just, I can't. The first three minutes, that's like the end of the episode. Okay, whatever. I, I you want... didn't get riled up by Kyle Chandler's monologue? No, I didn't make it to episode two. <laughs> All right, uh, I, th- that trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tori's like, okay, but now I need to go watch eight episodes of Selling Sunset yeah, to feel better. Yeah, <laughs> to get over this. Somebody recently was telling me that I should watch Below Deck. And oh I was like, God. get out of here. No, stop. Like, get it's, out of here. You would love it. Blue Dick. That's my. <laughs> Blue Dick? <laughs> Blue Dick. My friends and I watch Blue Dick. <laughs> Je refuse. <laughs> There's a lot of like people with accents. So they're like, did you just say Blue Dick? And I'm like, no. Below All Deck, right, roll, but Australian. Roll. All right, rolling it back. Yeah. What I was going to say is this song makes me think of Friday, spoiler alert for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of Friday Night Lights where like one of the main characters is cheating on the paralyzed boyfriend. Minka Kelly? Yes. Minka Kelly, Lila Garrity is cheating on Jason Street, who's paralyzed. He's the guy that you saw in the first aforementioned, and she is running to his best friend's house, Tim Riggins, to have sex. Like she's actively cheating on him, but it, she's like, she's like, I'm just going out for a run, and she runs to his house. So like, that's how like one of the episodes starts. So when I first heard this song, and it was like, tell your friends you're going out you're for running. a run. 
<laughs> you're like <laughs> you'll be flushed when you return i'm like that's what i always think of um and the last time i think we recorded i had said like if she wasn't going to name this song folklore and she was going to name it after one of the titles on this album i said i think illicit affairs would be the title oh i love that not sure if I still stand. Well, okay, actually, when I was about to record this podcast before I learned about the Carly Gloss stuff. Carly Gloss? <laughs> I, I said it and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But the Zoom box on my screen is blocking her name. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the article I sent you. Carly Gloss. Yes, thank you. Now I'm like, I think I stand by this again. Because if it is really about that relationship, I stand by illicit affairs. Okay, continue. Yes. Okay, also I looked up Tim Higgins. Yeah, you're right. Probably my type. B, I, the first surge was actually. Chase Edmonds. Yeah, <laughs> Chase Edwards vibes. Edwards. For sure. Chase Edward vibes. Call back to episode, the episode we did. But Tim Higgins is also an old Canadian hockey player. So when I just. It's Tim Riggins. Okay. <laughs> Not this Tim Hortons nonsense. Because I put in Tim Higgins. I was like, this old mom? <laughs> and, and then it was like Tim Riggins Friday Night Lights. And I was like, okay. Anyways, illicit affairs. Hood over your head. Keep your eyes down. Obviously reminds me of Call It What You Call it what you want, walking with his head down. I'm the one he's walking to. Just disregard the pronouns that are used in that <laughs> statement. Tell your friends you're out for a run. You'll be flushed when you return. We don't run here. No. <laughs> Take the road less travel by. Okay, so a lot of people online are like Robert Frost to pass diverged in the forest or whatever. But I was thinking... That it's very much just take a road that you won't be seen by, like, paparazzis. I think that tracks. I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> Sustain, sustained or whatever. Sustained. <laughs> Clandestine meetings and longing stares. Again, I think this just, like, elicits, elicits a... Affairs. Yes. A relationship between people that are in the same room together, but it's maybe not public. And then what started in beautiful rooms, like a Victoria's Secret backstage, ends with meetings in parking lots. So I, again, just some Carly imagery. Which also tracks back to, is it August, where she's the singer, the, the... the artist is saying, like, meet you in the mall parking lot or something. Love that. Thank you. Illicit Affairs is a beautiful song. I'll allow it in its canonness to, you know, the Gaylor conspiracy theory. Thank you. But it's definitely an underappreciated song on the album. Yes. It definitely isn't, like, radio-worthy or anything, but it is beautiful. It paints a very clear picture of what's happening, and I think that anybody listening to it can see it the way they probably can't, like, visualize other nonsense, like, epiphany. Yes. Then we get to Mad Woman. Again, very much like Taylor in her she she's is like she is a mad on this song. Yes. It's awesome. Like you can feel like the mad. Yes. So the things that I wanted to point out Your face in the neighbor's <laughs> lawn. So like that, I guess, like that's very clear. What do you sing when you drive on your drive home? Do you see my face in the neighbor's lawn? Very much talking about scooter and scott even their music companies are neighbors the one that she left and then went to 
The other lyric is women like hunting witches too, doing your dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together. This I think can be interpreted as we talked about on our first recording about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, because I definitely think that that brought them together. But did you know, I'm going to blow your fucking mind. Scooter Braun is Carly Kloss's manager. (gasps) Yes. And allegedly they might've split up because Carly was, either knowingly or unknowingly sharing information about Taylor's work and the valuation of her masters to Scooter Braun, who could have leveraged that information to purchase her music. Okay, that seems like a little bit of a stretch. Nick Olis. I don't, I mean, Nicholas. I don't know enough about the topic. Yeah. It seems a little bit like a stretch, but ha- the connection between those two people make Harley Kloss a, you know, riveting character in the novel. Ab- we missed her on the first go-around. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I will also say women like hunting witches too, doing their dirtiest work for you. Lyrically, not my favorite lyric, but it's it's in contention for the way that she says that lyric. Like, the way it kind of like flows, it's like, women like, and I'm not going to sing it because I'm done with that. Well, for the next eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. The way that goes like up yes. and down, like it feels like a little roller coaster through that lyric, and I just really love it for that. Me too. And it also shows a little bit of reflection like Taylor Swift when she had that famous quote about there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler made a joke about her dating history. It shows... Oh, an SNL thing? I think it was like a award monologue oh okay award show monologue but it really shows you maybe she has uh done some reflection on i don't know women women and womanhood epiphany we're not talking about that let's just move right along (laughs) betty my take on betty is that country radio did not do it the service it needed to. Betty is like a perfect country radio track and that should have been released to country radio the same way that Cardigan went to pop radio because Betty is awesome. The, like harmonica in it. Like I, I, it's still one of my favorite songs in the way that it, it ends essentially with like in your cardigan. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, the, I love again, it. the callbacks to August and Cardigan are just, it's so wild. It's so smart. The cobblestones, James's car, the cardigan, the porch, the porch. I, I love the 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 bridge in it too, where it's like I just realized this will be the last time that I forget what the lyric is, but like I just realized this will be the last time that I can like think of you essentially, like before we have that conversation. D- devastating. Yes, it, it's this. The Swifties are coming for us. We don't know the lyrics. <laughs> we prepared today. <laughs> Betty, right now is the last time I can dream about what happens when you see my face again. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I showed up to party. your party. Yeah, showed I showed up, up to party. your party. <laughs> this is editing room floor material <laughs> right <laughs> truly, here. <laughs> truly. Okay, so Betty is a bop. Peace. We talked about peace a lot. Is there anything else that yeah. you want to say about peace? No, Betty is a bop. Peace. And now, everybody, let us let me set the scene. For hoax. Turn your lights out. 
go grab the nearest processed cheese you can find, and let's get to work. <laughs> let's fucking do it. Hoaxes, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have texted Nick. I've said, I just went on a folklore walk, and I didn't skip hoax. <laughs> and you know it's fucking down bad when you listen to my only one. One. My smoking. My smoking. Gun. Gun. <laughs> like it's. My eclipse. Sun, sun. This has broken me down. Okay, like it's literally. Yeah. Like it's fucking Devo. Our mutual friend Melody. Mm-hmm. Hoax was her number one played song off Folklore in 2020. Please, <laughs> she Mel. She listened to it like 114 times. <laughs> Let's get you on some Ciprolex, girl. Like, fuck. <laughs> I know some counselors in your area. Like, like oh my. Is that the new, I know hot singles yeah, in your area? I know some therapists in your area. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll DM her after this. It's just really good. Again, there's like uh, some uh, callbacks to other songs like Stood on the Cliffside Screaming, which comes up in the lakes. Give me a reason. No, I fucking love hoax. Okay, like, do I love it to the extent where I'm blasting it? Absolutely not. Like, nobody should be at that level. It it literally, like, is a knife twist. But, like, stylistically, the way that, like, all of her, like, first verses essentially have the same amount of, like, syllables is fantastic. It makes it so digestible to just get sucked into that song Truly. before it drops into kind of that next depressing, depressing level. Yeah, I, I love hoax. I don't know... How I feel about it being, like, the album closer, I think it really does fit. But when we're talking talk about the lakes in a minute, I'm like, why Why did we leave the lakes out the first time, Taylor? Like, what was going on there? Like, because I think she wrote the one in Hoax last to be the bookends. Yeah. We talked about that last time, but it's like, the lakes was right I there. Know. Like, right there. I know. It should not be a bonus track. It should just be... The 17th And not even that the lakes needs to be, like, the end of the album. But, like, I don't understand why it was left off and why she felt she needed to go write Hoax when she had the lakes. Totally. (laughs) Um, Totally. But, yeah, no, I love love Hoax, but not to, like, you know, a a scary amount. (laughs) Um, Our best take is us not saying that Hoax was our least favorite song on the first go-around because the online Twitter community when this album dropped was really pushing for Hoax being the worst song. And Tori and I fought back against that. It was probably each of our, like, you know, somewhere between, like, 13 and 15, but it was not last. No, it was not last. It was just second last. (laughs) (laughs) Which which shows that we were not swayed by the group thing. Yes, we have our own unique thoughts as I regurgitate Gaylor conspiracy theories. I want to... And speaking of which, I see a lyric. Yes! <laughs> but speaking of which, let me read you the bridge to this song and you can tell me if you think this sounds like a breakup between two people where one of them betrayed the other. You know I left a part of me back in New York. You knew the hero died, so what's the movie for? You knew it still hurts underneath my scars from when they pulled me apart. Rep era. Think about that. You knew the password, so I let you in the door. You knew you won, so what's the point of keeping score? You knew it. Love that lyric. Love that lyric. 
You knew it still hurt, hurts underneath my scars from when they pulled me apart. But what you did was just as dark. Darling, this was just as hard as when they pulled me apart. They pulled me apart. I love that, yeah. I still think it hits kind of like the like Frankenstein-y feel of like tearing something apart and putting it back together, which might not have any relevance to the Carly Claus stuff. But I think it's interesting, the phrasing of the word like darling. I don't know. I just think of that more of as like a feminine word. Same. Like I feel like that, again, it's femme energy, which would be Carly. But also Darlene is very British, which is also Joe. So I could see how toe stands. Oh, toe i was reading for that reaction that's gross i know but that's what it is toe stands okay because also the out what about jailer jailer's cute jailer's cute nobody stands taylor and joe nobody there's no there's no toe fans listening to this podcast i hope not no but if you are hit me up i will sell toe (laughs) (laughs) they turned this off as soon as i said gayler anyways um I will say for the toe heads. The the toenails. The toenails. <laughs> the outro, my only one, my kingdom come undone. Like, again, very, like, rep era Taylor. My broken drum, you have beaten my heart. I will say, don't want no other shade of blue but you. No other sadness in the world will do. Doesn't she reference, this is just off the cuff, but doesn't she reference a man like Joe, I'm assuming, as like blue in a lover she definitely references colors yeah (laughs) i know she says blue and red maybe it's everything was blue like i've ever known loving him but but let's track back no yeah but let's track that back because if it was 2012 that's around the time she met carly claus no carly claus might be blue all the time sold (laughs) okay what about um in cruel summer oh yes it it is cruel summer shape of your body it's blue the feeling i've got it's new Ah. (laughs) okay okay so we'll see we'll see justice for cruel summer oh such a good song where we need that re-release before before lover fest (laughs) (laughs) why did why all too well got its day can we please give cruel summer its fucking day truly truly taylor what do you have on the radio right now Nothing. So let's just re-release Cool Summer. It's a summer now. People are partying again. Yes. Re-release it. (laughs) Give it to us. Give give us the goods. Okay. Give me what I want. The Lakes wasn't a part of our combo the first time because it hadn't been released yet. It was not known. It is. Okay. Spoiler alert. I'm finally saying it. If we had to pick off album proper, the one is my number one. But actually, if we include the bonus track, it's the deluxe album. The deluxe album, it's actually the lakes. The lakes is awesome. It's so fucking it, like, good. The lyrically, like I just love all the things she does lyrically. It, it's like honestly, it's kind of like a crowning. It's like a hey, I'm gonna remind you that I'm a kick-ass songwriter. I love um, all my elegies eulogize me. Um, I love uh, a red rose grew up through ice frozen ground but no one was around to tweet it like direct dig at kanye west i love how every other like every verse in the song connects to the song as a whole to grow it i 
feel like I can place myself in like that like very alone region of England. Yes, like the Windermere. The Lake. Windermere. Like, it, it is yeah. a very Windermere. Windermere. Um, I played this is a side tangent. I played Bridgerton Monopoly last night. I've never watched Bridgerton, but I was like, "Oh, lady, lady, whistle down." Lady whistle down in the town. In the town. Like in the, the different, ton. The ton. No, the ton. <laughs> in the ton. Uh, and all the little spots. I was like, oh, I'm so English. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, well, I can't wait to play that. Um, but, yeah. No, the, the Windermere region. Like, it, and also, it is in line with all of the kind of, like, big picture stuff with folklore of it being, like, you know, quarantine time. Because the lakes feels very much like I'm here alone in this space. Yep. Yes, I'm on the cliffside screaming, give me a reason vibes. And then the like, tell me what are my words worth, which is like a call to like both like her, what are my words, meaning my lyrics worth, or what is my like voice worth? It's a call to the poet words worth. Yes. (laughs) It's awesome. Yes. And then her music being sold for a mm-hmm. a set number and and people <sighs> dictating that and not her it's it's so and I love good. the sound I feel like yeah. we can't really capture the sound but like the backtrack is awesome it's very floaty you and I can't capture the sound on this podcast that's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can't do it no I, I can't either <laughs> <laughs> that's not even close <laughs> let's briefly. Okay, that's our lyric analysis. Let's briefly talk about William Bowery, another English lad, and Grammy Gate. I would like to hear about your your perspective of Grammy. So Grammy Gate is very interesting. So again, let me set the scene. The identity of William Bowery, which is a pseudonym used on folklore, is revealed to be Joe Alwyn. In the Long Pond Sessions, Jack Antonoff and Aaron Desner look fucking weird and, like, shocked that Taylor is revealing this. Meaning, I think they think it was fake. <laughs> Bonnie Vare has never mentioned Joe Alwyn, even though they co-wrote Exile together. Doesn't make sense. In interviews, because he's gained a little bit of popularity with his Sally Rooney TV show... Yeah, like flop, (laughs) flop era. He says that his great-grandfather, who was a composer, was named William. And then... Isn't that unique? I know. I was like, (laughs) doesn't everyone have a grandpa named William? I mean, I don't have a grandfather, but I have like a great uncle. Yeah. So like, you have a William in your family. 100%. And then Bowery is definitely referenced a lot in New York because it's like a event venue. Is that where she met Carly Cross? You're doing it on purpose now. Cross. I don't think it's where she met her, but I think Cross. they hung out there a lot. Maybe that's where they made those pictures of them making out came from. Anyways, flash forward a year, folklore wins Grammy of the Year, which Nick predicted on the podcast. Oh wow, go me. Yeah, I will uh, give you props for that. And again, at this point, we know that Joe Joe Alwyn wrote Betty in Exile. One month after they won the Grammy, he was then credited for producing six songs because to be awarded with a Grammy, a songwriter has to have 
two song minimum two songwriting credits and they have to contributed to the production of I think it's one third or two thirds of the album to get the Grammy. Joe has exactly like 33%. You're allowed to like in a retrospect credit somebody with something. Yes. So it's Ta- okay. It's here's what very I like. Taylor is a writer. <laughs> like she, she, <laughs> she did a lot of work to do the bare minimum of work to get him a damn Grammy. He's going for the EGOT. <laughs> 100%. So why didn't you just list him from the get-go, Taylor? You are all about, like, you fucking wrote that letter to Apple Podcasts about, you know, artists getting their dues. So I just doubt that you would leave Joe off of the production of six songs. Like, that seems ridiculous. And so basically a lot of people are saying that I don't think that they have a contractual, like, PR relationship, but people are saying that possibly... If they were to have a contractual relationship, one of the obligations that she has is to help him um, with his career, i.e. getting him the G in EGOT. <laughs> I know that that sounds very, I know, you. I've lost you a little bit there, but I do want to reference some Calvis, Kelvin Harris tweets from back in the day, and I'll put them in the episode show notes. My favorite Calvin Harris song is Summer. Oh, love that. <laughs> when I in met you summer. in the summer. Oh, let's add that to our um, playlist, our main playlist. Right after Mason Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So Kelvin Harris tweeted and then deleted. I don't want to mince words, but the gist was like, they told me I had to grow a beard to win a Grammy. And I did that. And then I didn't. So again, people were kind of, and then he deleted those tweets. So people are alluding that Kelvin was bearding for Taylor. I've so lost you. Do you know what a beard is? (laughs) I get what you're going for. Yes, I I understand what you're going for. And that they also could have possibly had that in their relationship contract. If I'm the judge on this, I think I'm out. On this theory. <laughs> no, I'm so in on it. Why Why do you think, think that, why would she add him after? Other than to get she's him in a, love? <sighs> Ew, that's like, okay, fucking simp. <laughs> God, I could never ride love that hard. Love makes people stupid. Okay, I could never ride that hard for a mon. <laughs> like, I just, like, okay, girl, like, go off. Like, that's so disappointing if she just did this all for <laughs> Well, maybe he actually did, and she just was like, oh, I'm busy. I forgot to credit no, you. No, <laughs> you know that's not the case. Taylor doesn't fucking, I have no fucking forget clue. to do anything. Maybe, maybe, okay, maybe Taylor did it after to get more people talking about her. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached a stalemate. Yeah. Okay, weigh in. I was going to say weigh in in the comments. Let us know. <laughs> I, I'm sure this episode is going to be controversial. Let us know. Do you think Taylor gave Joe the writing credit so he can go for an EGOT because they're in love? He can't achieve one. No. I'm sorry. Like Taylor would have to drag his body like 
can he get an Oscar if he gets writing credits for Carolina? <laughs> like, is this yeah. her grand plan? Yeah, fucking probably. Jesus Christ. Okay, so and then she'll do an she'll sing a song in a TV show and get an Emmy. Yeah. And then the Tony is going to be up to yeah. him. <laughs> okay, well, let us get know. him in Funny Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I hear there's openings. <laughs> okay. As of today, July 12th, 2022, what is your favorite song? It's still the one. Oh, no, that's so anticlimactic. <laughs> okay, that holds up. What is your least favorite song? Epiphany. <laughs> Even more than it was on whatever day in July in 2020. <laughs> What is your favorite cheese to eat while listening to this album? I have thought about this a lot. It is not feta. <laughs> I was like, okay, have you never eaten cheese before? <laughs> it, is not, it is not processed. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like you brought this up last time, like Manchego oh. kind of hits, but I don't think that's my favorite cheese to eat while this album. It's Brie. It's not oh, Brie. Okay. Brie's too messy. Remember, I need to be like out in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I'm like rolling around on the ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so I think like cubed mm-hmm. sharp cheddar if it's okay. like if it's like the the like lower quality cheese. Mm-hmm. Um I still stand by my assessment of like blueberry goat cheese. Okay. If I'm like a fancy guy with nice crackers. Okay, love that. If I'm just eating the cheese, it's a cubed sharp cheddar. If I'm putting the cheese on a cracker, it's the blueberry goat cheese. Yeah. If I'm eating just like just cheese, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with like a cheese puff, like a cheesy, <laughs> to be honest. But if I'm eating like actual cheese, I think it's just like a Havarti. Okay. Yeah. I do like a, a extra toasty cheese it. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Canada just got cheese it's like. In the last year or two, and it changed my life. <laughs> you asked me earlier when we were texting, are you still in the Facebook group Foods with Threatening or- Auras? And no, I'm not. Thank God. You left. I what left. Was the, what was it? Why did you leave? There was a re- It was recent. There was a recent incident where a truck that was, like, containing hot dog meat... like crashed and it ruins like my entire life (laughs) don't google that do you like when hot dogs snap in your mouth (laughs) no (laughs) no No. so you don't like a good snap no even though i'm thinking about something completely different I really, truly don't. Don't you know that... <laughs> that's what you know makes a good casing. <laughs> if it snaps. Okay, like, yeah, when you get, like, the cheddar ones. <laughs> Ew. Cheddar stuffed hot dogs. And you were threatened by the hot dog meat truck. I'd be threatened by the cheesy hot dog. fucking dead. What is, it? is this one of those, like, fucked up, like, food videos on Facebook that's, like, five-second crafts, <laughs> and it's, like, a nonsensical no, recipe? I don't know if it's, like, super... <laughs> have you seen... Go ahead. Though, sorry. Have you seen the, the video where they have, like, 
the meat log that they like go like they push down to get it on a stick. Like, stop. <laughs> that they cut you're... it to get like meat sticks. Oh my god! Like again, you're this is threatening to me personally. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't like, but I I feel like a very big staple of my childhood was like hot smokies with cheddar cheese in them. And then you're right, because then you barbecue them. And then when you're eating them, it snaps, but then also (laughs) shoots, shoots a hot cheese into your mouth. Gonna blast. (laughs) Have you ever had a, a red hot dog? No. All right, that's a main staple. Okay, main take staple me. is a red hot okay. dog. Okay. Well, I need to get this. You don't, no, I don't take you. You buy it at the supermarket. Oh, it's not like a. a well, I mean, stand you could like. Or something? <laughs> Who the fuck would make money of a hot dog stand if you're not at a baseball game? How often do you walk around your life saying, I could really go for a hot a, dog today? Way more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> B, how dare you to all the New York City vendors? That are selling just a dog on the street. Well, I left a part of me back yeah, in New York. Yeah, was... <laughs> oh my god. Let's wrap up briefly with some post folklore Taylor. We talked a lot about Evermore. Uh, she also did a collab with Big Red Machine with Renegade. Did you like that song? It's one of my top ta- 10 Taylor Swift songs of all time. Yeah, I love that it's song. It's so fucking good. I listen to it all the time. Recently came out with Carolina, and then she, of course, we did the Red re-release that we talked about. Carolina, there is some fucking piping hot tea around that. All right, before we jump into the piping hot tea, yeah. I just want the viewers to... So Carolina is off of the upcoming movie Where the Crawdads Sing, which is based off the book Where the Crawdads Sing, mm-hmm. that Tori thinks is going to be a future classic. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks that the kids will be reading it in school. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Okay, that was before I... <laughs> okay. Okay. That was before all of the controversy came out, which happened this week. I said that like two weeks ago. I will. Wait, there's more controversy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just saw the controversy of like the author might be a murderer. Yes. Okay. okay th- that's the controversy. Like. <laughs> oh, so you're just behind the times. Yes. Okay. I <laughs> stand behind my take because it was very popular in like what? Like 2017 to like 19. I remember... I think I read it in 2020. Yeah. Okay, so it was popular in the last couple of years, Nick. Okay, like, Tyler Cameron. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in ages. <laughs> Love of my life. Tyler Cameron. What is he doing now? Like, influencing. Okay, <laughs> so when he, okay. when he went on The Bachelorette... People always ask, because you usually get one book. They're like, what book are you reading right now? And he said, when the crawdads sing. And where the, all of the girlies, all of the girlies were like, oh my God, he's so intellectual. <laughs> were you one of the girlies? Yes. I was like, he's so fucking smart. Fast, <laughs> flash forward, like I said before, fast forward to today, where it's like, okay, these were like white savior People doing anti-poaching work in Africa. Also, she might be, the woman might be a murderer. But 
it's still being made into a movie made by Reese Witherspoon with the lead single by Taylor Swift, which is very... Caroline. It's very, it's very Taylor Swift to to do this. I don't know. Collab with Reese Witherspoon on like a probably really problematic <laughs> white couple, and then just like glaze over those aspects. The song is haunting. Mm-hmm. Like as somebody who's read the book, though, like the song, like Taylor Swift read the the material, like. Was it Lord who wrote a song for the Hunger Games who, like, didn't even watch yeah, yeah, the Hunger Games? Yeah, she was like, what was this for? Also, now that you brought up Lord, we have to talk about it. Okay, just a little FYI. I wanted to talk about Lord and Jack Antonoff, but I'll save it for another episode. But, like, I was like, literally, if you give me a crumb I <laughs> any Jack Antonoff and Lord content, I will just launch into, like, a four-page essay on why they were hooking up and cheating together on Lena Dunham. (laughs) I've gone down such a pop culture rabbit hole in the last two years. Holy shit. Where would you put Safe and Sound on your Taylor Swift songs? Speaking of other games. You don't like Safe and Sound? Literally, Safe and Sound in Carolina, I've listened to like once in my life. Wow. Yeah. I I mean, Safe and Sound is way better than Carolina. Yeah. Carolina does hit, like, what the book needs, but Safe and Sound is, that's a top one here. I don't know. I just thought about that little kid dying and stuff. I was over the dystopian. I was already living a dystopian life. I didn't need to remember the Hunger Jeez. Games. You were living a dystopian life in 2012? <laughs> you haven't read the Hunger Games? Yes, I have. I was okay. Team Gale. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of people who like problematic people, were you Team Gale or Team Liam Hemsworth? <laughs> I did read the bugs. I think it was still Team Gale. I didn't like PETA. He was dumb. Yeah, he, yeah, but they both kind of suck. She didn't need a man. No, she truly didn't. <laughs> did you like who the girl in um, Crawdads ended up with? Because I think I stand by the same that the girl in Crawdads didn't need anybody. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just wait. Also, everything's interconnected. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The lead in Crawdads movie is the lead in Normal People. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sally is Rooney. It? I, don't Raff, know. Like... I don't know if this is, like, stated enough on the podcast. I hated Normal People, the book. I hated Normal People, the TV show, and then I had people who hadn't read the book try to tell me that the TV show was good because was there me. was penis on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just fucking at me. I'm literally right here. Yeah, you're right, okay? You're fucking right. <laughs> like, I'm a Connell girl. <laughs> Team Connell. <laughs> Team, like, gold chain or whatever, like, silver chain wore. <laughs> I loved when it was like that TV show came out and then like the thirsty girls made a, a Connell's <laughs> necklace Twitter account. <laughs> like, were you, Did you have a Tumblr back in the day, Tori? No, but I'm very Tumblr. <laughs> I had a Nexopia, which was a big, so it's kind of, I felt like it was a mix of Tumblr and MySpace, but it was actually a Canadian website. So I basically had t- like a Tumblr, but on this account, called nexopia first uh, listener who finds tori's nextopia page I wins looked. a keychain my username was tori 
Asterix. So if you can find it, I would actually love to see it. So that's T O R R Y A S T R I C. I think the spelling bee gods would have dinged me on my spelling for asterisks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yes, I am very much, I feel like, a Tumblr, Tumblr girl. And honestly, that's where the Gaylor origins uh, originated. So shout out to okay, the so Tumblr girlies. Let's wrap up with this. Yes. What Tumblr lyric would have you made like one of those like oh tumblr my like heading or whatever for. so yeah sorry what what folklore lyric would you have made your tumblr heading oh that's such a good question and that in other words what's your favorite lyric and that's a good place to um wrap up on she's like sweet tea in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think like okay so my tumblr aesthetic would yeah definitely be from like something very dramatic and sub and <laughs> unbrand yes so it would probably be something like okay like if it this isn't my favorite lyric but it was definitely if it's from the one it'd be like and if you wanted me you really should have showed <laughs> if you never bleed you're never gonna grow <laughs> and it's all right now that is very tumblr girl <laughs> really literally i really do like in my defense i have none for never leaving well enough alone but it would have been fun if you would have been the one yeah okay so two of my like top ones are in there and i'll pick a different one because you you took it i like and it would have been fun if you would have been the one because i I just think that's like a timeless lyric that anybody can relate to from like young kids to like elderly i do also love in my defense i have none because i love when artists will like set you up for something and then be like yeah fuck that yeah it's very (laughs) like what you would write in your journal yeah i've mentioned a lot of the other ones that i like i like uh i have them like written down (laughs) i like i had a marvelous time ruining everything yes i think that's just fun that wouldn't be my favorite one though from this is me trying i like I've never been a natural. Oh no, mm. mirror ball. Sorry. Um, I've always been a natural. Oh, yeah, All I can try, do is try try, 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 try. And I think that you kind of took the one that I wanted, which is it would have been fun if you would have been. So I'm just gonna take that. Okay. I'm reclaiming it for myself. Pick another one, Tumblr girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's our favorite song, and our favorite links come from it. It makes total sense. Well, oh, you know what? I I would I could pick. We pick up stones, never knowing what they'll mean. Some to throw, some to make a diamond ring. Some to make a diamond ring. Diamond ring. Love it. Okay, this was super fun. We, I feel like we covered so much, and it was a nice to look back. I've learned so much. I know. I'm. So, I've learned so I'm much. I'm so excited. If you were just as in the dark as Nick was, I will link all of my favorite Gaylor resources. Source material. Yeah, my Gaylor source material in the episode show notes, so you can do a deep dive and figure out for yourself what you believe also i want to hear if people like evermore better than folklore because i'm a little on the fence on that yeah (laughs) i'm a folklore girly but um i'll put that in an instagram quiz because i want to know too oh that's a good one yeah i'll put it in when we do a temp check for this episode okay nick (laughs) this was super fun where can the listeners find you and anything else you want to plug the listeners can find me off the beaten path because i'm on a tangent probably (laughs) (laughs) You're on the road less Take the road less travel by. by. <laughs> Just tell your friends are out for a run. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, they can find me in the same place. They can have found me for the last eight episodes, which is 
Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. <laughs> Nexopia. <laughs> Instagram. Tumblr. I still haven't broken. I know that the, the listeners are dying to know. Haven't broken my Instagram silence. Neither have I. <laughs> Tori and I are, like, in this pact together. Yeah. <laughs> and and I really, like, I, I did it. I went on, like, a two-week vacation to Western Canada. Yeah. And not one Instagram post. I, know. I feel like that was, like, the test. I know. I do use Instagram stories functions sometimes. Which I feel like is... I'm standing true to my, my core beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... On Twitter at Nick underscore Drinkwater. Yay, come for us. <laughs> That's the the symbol. Cancel us. <laughs> like, like this time of year, though. Honestly, like I don't even know how much worth it's following me there. This time of year, it's gonna be like NFL training camp <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Everyone's like, no thanks. And and all the likes are gonna be like Big Brother live feed updates. And like shit's getting ugly already. Like so ugly. I would not come for the show. <laughs> Literally so ugly. But still, um, if people wanna reach out to discuss any lyrics, yeah. any hot takes we had. Every so often there'll be something in there that's fun. Yes. <laughs> I hope. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know. If this, is this episode nine? I said that joking at the beginning, but I don't know if that's true or not for me. The ninth episode. This is our Evermore episode. So the the tenth episode will be whatever Taylor released next to go on tour with. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love that for us. And when when Tori comes and visits, we're going to have to at least get like a five minute clip of us drunk because we did not take advantage of that when it happened in, in no, Victoria. No, we definitely need to <laughs> film some content, not just for our circle application, but for the You're listeners. Right. They'll love that. Behind the scenes, Instagram stories. Yes, not Instagram <laughs> proper. All right. Well, I hope the audio is better. If it's not, then it's all downhill. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> if I haven't figured it out after 100 episodes. <laughs> When will I ever figure it out? Okay, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Nick for joining me on his ninth episode of the podcast. Can't wait for number 10. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate and review RTBP on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe. That really helps the podcast find new listeners climb the the charts so people notice us which you know allows me to get guests and sponsors etc to put back into the podcast so I so appreciate when you all subscribe and rate and review you can follow me on socials at rtbp podcast and if you have a topic that you are dying for me to talk about message me and I'll add it into the rotation I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.